Yo. Yo, yo, yo. Fox. What today, brother? I'm chilling. Actually, I'm editing some new entrance theme song, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing very well. Well, I, 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 we're starting off this Films of Fury, this, this episode, a couple of, of big first. First off, Fox Vineyard, you were my first guest on Films of Fury, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on. This is, this is monumental. Um, so this is going to be available on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anchor.fm as usual, but also you just celebrated a birthday, my friend, didn't you? I did. I'm old three now. Oh my God. Soon your body's going to be breaking down and you know, you'll get hair in funky places, but so I'd like to wish you a happy birthday and you know, you have a busy schedule coming up. For those uh, fans of Films of Fury, Fox Vineyard is a, a well-known wrestler on the independent scene. He's been uh, seen on Ring of Honor television. He goes up and down the coast, all over the country. Uh, and he's got a lot of major appearances coming up. So, Fox, here's your platform to hawk yourself and, and whore Firework Fox Vineyard for the fans. So tell us, where are you going to be appearing soon? Um, In about... An hour and a half, I might be appearing at the gym. Maybe, <laughs> maybe at Chipotle after for that double chicken bowl. But if you're talking about the wrestling, tomorrow, which I am, is down in Rhode Island for Nova, where I team with Isana to face JC and Rosie in the intergender tag match or whatever it's technically called. And then Friday, nope, that was Friday. Let me rewind that. Then Saturday, I will be taking on Elite Terrell at the Truly Independent Arena in the Berkshire Mall in Pittsfield, Mass. And then after I beat his butt, I will be hopping into Bagheera and speeding my way back to Troy, New York, the team with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan to face Sam Adonis and pump, pump, pump it up, Robbie E. At the Bruno Stadium in Troy for Northeast Wrestling. And if you want to see me more, you can bring your asses down to the Middletown Orange County Fair as I will be there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the 17th, 18th, and 19th, rocking and rolling with Global Force. Yes, they're, they're there. That's some outstanding stuff, brother. And then after that, the 28th, it will be the next thing where I was just asked if I want to uh, come kick some ass in Amsterdam, New York. at Dynasty once again. However, as of right now, I am still at Live Prov in Rhode Island. So we'll see if I can make the double whammy on that since, you know, I'm a time traveling gutter snake or whatever. Then maybe some more in a few things and this and that, but I don't know if I haven't heard anything. Because you know, it's all about one person there. It's not. Oh, oh no! Here we go! Shoot! 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 But, dude, uh, and also, where can we find you on the Twitterverse and Instagram? Is it at Fox Vineyard? Charles. Instagram all right. Is at Fox Vineyard. So is Twitter, and like snapchat is vineyard fox but if you're gonna put a filter on your face the whole goddamn time i'm looking at you please don't talk to me 
There you go, ladies. No one wants to see you with dog ears and a tongue. So the the let now that we've gotten the plugs out of the way, let's get to uh, what brings us together today. Now, Fox Vineyard is one of my favorite people to talk to in the wrestling locker rooms and just in general about all things comic books and all things movies. And both of us are huge fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And last week, separately we both went and saw uh marvel studios first post um infinity war film uh ant-man and the wasp and this is the first time we've gotten a a chance to talk about it there's no prefab bullshit this is just going to be a natural conversation back and forth um and we're just going to see where it takes us so fox uh with this being the first film after the infamous snap uh, how do you think Marvel Studios did with with this outing for Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, it brought people out of that walking out of the theater silence. I feel like that they were all in because everyone who saw Infinity War, I saw it six times because I'm like a dork. But like everyone who left that movie was just like, it's quiet as shit right now. Like, oh no, what's going to happen? But Ant-Man, it was like people were talking on the way out. They were having a good time. Unless they stayed for the post credit, and then it was like, uh, there was a collective, ah, oh, no. Well, and and I must preface this right now. Um, for those who are tuning into Films of Fury, the it, the 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 tagline for this is a spoiler tastic, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp review. So we're we're gonna talk spoilers. So if you don't want to have this movie spoiled. You've got five seconds to uh, turn off this podcast and go see this movie and then come back and listen to our opinion. So five, four, three, two, one. I loved how, because you, you mentioned the, the post-credit scene, I loved how they tied in how Ant-Man is going to play into Avengers 4 uh, with, with having uh, Hank Pym, uh, Janet Von uh, Dyne, and uh, the Wasp are gone. They're, they're gone, and he's trapped in the quantum realm going into Infinity, you know, the, the, the sequel to Infinity War. I thought that that was brilliant. I, I expected it to be the last, like, couple seconds of the movie. I didn't expect it to be the post credit scene, but them doing it in that way and hinting at, you know, if, if you, you know, stay away from the time stream because you can get lost in it. It's like they're, they're building up for what it looks like is going to be a time traveling fourth Avengers film, which I'm, I'm all down for. Take my fucking money. Yeah. It's going to be, that's what I was like. I was like, all right. So they have the, the, the thing that he's stuck with the quantum thing. Is that what's called? The yeah. The quantum realm. Now, is that where Miss Marvel just like travels through and kicks it? And she's just going to like <laughs> by and see him like, Hey, he's gonna be like, Hey, look at me. I'm like, <laughs> Well, the one thing that that Kevin Feige has has dropped in interviews and the the weird thing is we've got the San Diego Comic-Con coming up this weekend. This is the first time that Marvel Studios won't have a presence. So they are they're going dark going into Captain Marvel's release in March. And he has gone on record to say that Captain Marvel is going to be the most powerful being in the universe. So I don't know if she has the ability to to on command phase through the quantum realm. I don't know if it's going to be, she shows up at the beginning of Avengers four. It's just like, Oh, by the way, uh, where's Scott Lang? Uh, Oh, well I know where he is. And she just phases in and is just like, hi dude, I'm here to save you with her fucking uh, faux hawk. I don't know how they're doing it, but just the fact that they have the ability to go into the quantum realm 
And I think the thing that people are forgetting is that you have Tony Stark is still alive. Uh, Bruce Banner is still alive. Uh, You have Wakandan technology at their disposal. You have Pym tech, at least vicariously, even though Hank is now uh, gone at their disposal. And you have the most powerful being in the universe. I don't know how they're going to play this out. It sounds like a lot to sandwich together, but it's not the first time they've just thrown some science mumbo jumbo terms and, and fucking created like Ultron. As you're talking about it, like I was just thinking to myself, like, what if the post credits for gimmick uh, for uh, what's her face is Ant-Man just popping out in the nineties. And then it's like, uh, and then opening scene for Avengers or whatever they're talking, talking. And she's like, he's like, I need to go back to my time or wherever the hell I'm from. And they just go up and then she's like, Holy shit, shit's happened. Oh my God. And you know, one of the, the things that you, you mentioned the tone of this movie um it's such a fun film and scott lang is just a genuinely good dude and that's the thing like all of these characters i don't want to say have ulterior motives or if they're good they're good but they're kind of dickish he seems to be the one guy who's like he could pop up in 1994 and just be like oh hey guys uh yeah i'm totally not supposed to be here right now like where am i going yeah uh, he's he's the lovable idiot i hate to say it in those terms I can see him doing the whole, like, how he was like, oh, hey, Captain, I, I know who you are, too. You guys are great. Popping up in that door, like, oh, wow, I'm going to grab what's not around anymore. And then. Yeah, yeah it, it, it just seems like some fun stuff. And, you know, we're, we're future predicting here. So um, unless they let what... Rudd do some drama acting and it's like, yo, I just lost oh. back, which would be amazing. And we know he's got the range for it. Like everyone puts him in these, you know, I love you, man, uh, kind of of films and and all of those, um, you know, buddy comedies like uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and all that other stuff. Uh, This is 40. But, you know, he's got some range to him. And and it's funny because I think about the first time I saw Paul Rudd in a movie and it was Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers. So it's like he can go crazy like. He doesn't necessarily have to be happy-go-lucky after everyone that he loves dies. You know what I mean? I think my first experience was Clueless. Oh, shit, son. Oh, I forgot about that. Wow. What's his name? Josh, I believe. I think, yeah, like, uh, you know, and he's he's with Alicia Silverstone at the end, which was a little weird. It's like, oh, you're you're banging your ex stepsister who's still in high school. And you're OK, cool. Whatever, dude. High five. It's the 90s. Uh, so let's get down to the nitty gritty and just start spoiling this fucking movie for people, because this is two years after Civil War. He's been on house arrest. Uh, obviously, he's off of the raft. And, you know, he's on the final three days of his home arrest sentence. And, now, you know, he is at the same exact time as the Infinity War is happening, right? That's what I believe. Um, I got that vibe because, you know, I, I thought, OK, if it's been two years and in Ragnarok, they said you've been Hulk for two years. It's been two years since Avengers 4, give or take a, a week or two. Um I do believe that these are simultaneously going on, but then I was thinking, how long would it take to build a quantum tunnel in a van? You know, if you're Hank Pym, it it can't be that big of a deal. So I'm going to go with like, yeah, it's 
simultaneously, if not maybe a had one and just a month made it bigger. Yeah, and because you know he could shrink and he could shrink all of his equipment down, as we clearly saw in this movie, the fun that they had with that. Plus, Michelle and, Piper, she has superpowers now or something. I don't know. She's oh uh, oh oh, we're gonna get to that soon because fucking Michelle Pfeiffer was off the hook in this movie for her return to comic book films. It was like, oh, thank God. Like it's funny, the cast of of Batman Returns is is becoming some major characters in the MCU. You know, you had Michael Keaton as Vulture, who was phenomenal, and he's coming back for Far From Home, and you have her showing up as as Janet Van Dyne, and you know she comes out of out of the woodwork. But we'll get to that. And then, so he has a a, a vision of her in the quantum realm and her playing hide and go seek with um, uh, Wasp as a kid. And then all of a sudden, they just go straight into to the Ocean's Eleven kind of hijinks with it sort of being a heist, but sort of trying to escape this new bad guy, Ava, a.k.a. the ghost. And, you know, we've talked about this before, and give me your insight on it. The sins of the father has been a big role in Phase 3 of Marvel's uh, Marvel Studios this this time. Uh, did you see that or is it just me once again noticing that it's like the father did some bad shit and now everyone has to deal with it years later? Uh, what do you mean? Like for Hank being the one to like fuck up? For, ha- for, for him being the one to, to screw over Ava's father and inadvertently create the villain in this movie again. You know, it, it's once again a father fucking up and creating the villain that the kid has to deal with right no i I was confused for a minute when i was watching i was like is the villain ghost or is it fishburn because then i was like what and then like he's like hey man no let's help each other okay cool we're buds yeah and it, it was great to see Lawrence fishburn you know he stepped out of the dc extended universe and he took this role as uh dr foster who was Hank Pym's former associate in S.H.I.E.L.D., but he drops, you know, knowledge after knowledge that, you know, Hank Pym was a dickhead. The only person that could work with him was his wife, and she ended up lost in the quantum realm. And then, you know, here we have an incident with uh, a former associate of Hank Pym's who, because he has him blackballed from S.H.I.E.L.D. and from just practicing science, in general, he goes to Argentina with his family to try and create, you know, a quantum tunnel of his own. And the next thing you know, about a bing, bada boom, a building blows up. And here this little girl is stuck phasing out in the quantum realm. And it's Lawrence Fishburne becomes a father figure to her only to find a cure for her. But she's got this almost quicksilver Scarlet Witch hatred for anything that Hank Pym is connected to and it, it once again goes because, you know, you had that with Odin, I do believe, with um, in Ragnarok with Hela. Yeah, you definitely had that with Thanos. You had the father-son relationship of Spider-Man and Tony Stark, which, you know, you have talked about since seeing Infinity Wars. Is, you know, it tore your heart out watching that scene with Peter Parker uh, dying, in essence. Yeah, it was like probably the best scene in the Marvel cinema that like, you're just like, Oh, well, especially because it's like Spider-Man's so young and he's like, 
one of the things that like after the 18th time I watched it, like when he's like, "Yo, you're an Avenger now," and like he has that look on, he's smiling, like, "Yeah, man, look at me," and then he's like, "Oh shit," and then like straightens up, like to keep watch. I'm, I'm like, "All right," and then the, I, the, they don't let you, they don't explain or right out what's the word I'm looking for straight out say yo Spider-Man's one of the strongest people we have here because every time I watch it like when he came in I was like oh okay and then I'm like he just caught a cab out of midair and launched it when he was uh, blasting with Stark in the beginning uh-huh. of it I'm like alright and then what was the other shit that was like when he caught the Winter Soldier's arm or when he caught the dude's hammer I was like hey <laughs> like he doesn't know that he's super strong. And then you're like, all right, cool, Spider-Man, whatever, whatever. And then he sees Thanos. He's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm in. And just jumps at him like, oh, shit. And then you, and then that's what you kill him. And you're like, oh, no. And it's funny because we look at, at you, you brought it up. He's a high school student in these films. And it's, it's almost a, a happy puppy, naive sense of himself because he's got these superpowers he doesn't know the extent of these superpowers but you know you brought up a valid point throughout infinity war from the beginning when he started facing off against thanos's children to the point where he's going punch for punch with thanos and he's saving everyone on titan as like shit's falling apart uh he he in the span of a two-hour movie went from a child to a man like he gave himself the moniker Spider-Man. He acted like a kid. But by the end of that movie, he was he was a man and he was on par with guys like Cap and, you know, Tony Stark. Not so much Thor, because by the end of Infinity War, Thor was just fucking balls out. Awesome. Right. Um, he he evolved he, right before I Civil War. When you watch the fight scene, when they start charging each other, Spider-Man burning everybody running. He's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking attack Cap because that's what I was told to do. Like, oh yeah, and and it will be interesting to see how how Ant Man is going to play that naive character to an extent in the next one, and you know you you had with this film with this setup the levity and the fun of uh, Homecoming and of the first Ant Man movie was in Ant Man and the Wasp, and that was something I was worried about going into it is. Ant-Man and the Wasp was a, or Ant-Man was a very fun movie, a very fun heist film. How are they going to pull it off for a second one? And in essence, it was kind of like, you know, not so much a heist film, which at parts it was, but it was kind of like a a criminals on the run kind of film from the law. It was kind of like Smokey and the Bandit, for lack of a better term, because here you have, due to the Sokovia Accords, uh, you have Hank Pym, and the Wasp are on the run, and they're trying to build this this quantum tunnel to to save their mom, you know, her mom. And then it's there's the levity, but there's also the eminent danger where it's like they're going to get arrested, and they do. And there's a very cool send up in that film to the first time that Scott was arrested, and you know Hank sends the ants to deliver the suit. They do the same exact bit with um, the Wasp and Hank being in federal custody. And I liked how they didn't stray away from what made Ant-Man the fun movie it was. Because you had Luis going on one of his tangents, doing the voiceover thing, talking about where Scott is, so to speak. Yeah, And you had... That was fun. Or like when uh, 
what was it when she like channeled his mind or used his body or whatever and he's like and uh he's holding um Pim's hand. Oh god, yes. And he's like in, in rep in, in reference to uh them finally getting the working, uh Janet Van Dyne when uh, Scott was in the quantum realm at the end of the first Ant-Man. She implanted herself. She quantum... They threw quantum in front of everything and all of a sudden it, it worked. They, she quantum uh, projected or quantum fused with Scott so that when the moment came, she could help out uh, Hank um, and the Wasp in order to, to... What is the fucking Wasp name? I keep just calling her the Wasp. I cannot remember. Lily, maybe? Or is that the booker? Uh, yeah, I can, no, that's oh fuck! I'm I can't believe I'm this lost right now. Anyway, the wasp. I'm just gonna call her the wasp the entire time. Um, it'll come to me like halfway through this podcast, or we'll have someone like see it online and be like, "You're a fucking idiot! You can't even remember the characters' names." Um, but you you had that moment, and you're right. There was that Michael Douglas comedic chops coming through with Paul Rudd's, and it was fucking awesome hope. it was hilarious it was hope hope thank you hope van dyne you know i'm I just, i'd like to apologize to all my marvel studios fans because i know you're gonna hate me that for the last 20 minutes we've been jacking about this movie and i didn't remember her name I can, hope thank you I, I, wasp <laughs> it's like wasp that's all we're gonna call her from this point forward you know, suck it so what did you think of avos slash ghost as a villain just because Phase 3 has had some phenomenal villains. We started off with um, not, not so much Dormammu as being an excellent villain, but you had Zemo in Civil War setting up future stuff um, in, in other Avengers movies. You had, uh, yeah, Dormammu was kind of like this cosmic, you know, otherly realm villain, you know, whatever. He was just a giant CGI face in the sky. But then you had Vulture, you had Killmonger, and Thanos. And Thanos, of course, is is probably the best of all. There wasn't really a villain, uh, and Hela. Hela, as far as villains go for Thor. How do you feel Ava um, was on par or, or p- compared to all of these villains? Uh, I mean... I don't really remember a lot of like super duper fight scenes. Like all the chase scenes were awesome and all that. Mm-hmm. But like when you think, I think back on the villains and stuff, um, they all, well, since like, well, I guess since Dr. Strange and like Dormammu wasn't really like, you couldn't connect with him and be like, yo, I feel you. But like Thanos, you understood. Ghost, you're like, all right, man, I, I get you. And then like, Vulture, you're like, oh, I get you. You're trying to make money by because all this shit got taken from you or whatever. So you could always you could side with them, kind of like the Magneto thing. Like, oh, he's not wrong, but it's not like right either. Yeah, I felt with Ava, you know, she is the byproduct of Hank Pym's ego at the time. And mind you, we're only seeing Hank Pym. In, as far as the Marvel Studios films go, we're only seeing him in the twilight of his life where, you know, he's lost his wife. You know, his company was almost taken from him from Yellow Jacket. You know, he's he's emotionally reconnect with, reconnected with his daughter. And in this film, he was trying to, to connect with his wife. 
But Hank Pym in the comic books was never a fucking good guy. Like, he always was Tony Stark's ego. Be Like, you know, we think Tony Stark is at an 11. It's triple that. Like, he's at fucking max capacity, a scientific asshole. I, I, he's not a super villain like Dr. Doom, who's technologically and magically advanced, but he's pretty fucking close at times in the comic books to being that much of a douchebag. And, you know, if you watch, even like go to the ultimate, uh, the little movies that they made, those little, whatever they were, uh um, all, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp and Pym and Janet, all they did was argue. And I think like, they're like divorced. They might he might have hit her a few times in it or something. Yeah, and, and those those Marvel movies, those Marvel cartoons were were pretty dark at times. And you know, I I just I feel like and Tom Clark of Necrocasticon uh, commented after he had seen the movie this week that he wants to see Hank Pym be the real villain of the third Ant Man film and films. And I do believe. Michael Douglas has it in him to be a phenomenal villain. I mean, his gecko character in Wall Street is, you know, uh, the one of the most vile villains in film history. And it's not that he, like, goes out and murders people. He's just a manipulative, you know, cocksucker. And I feel like we could get one awesome Ant-Man versus Ant-Man fight right. out of uh, a third film. Struggle of power or some crap that Pim's like yo I figured it out and now I'm gonna do this nah man that's gonna fuck everything up no I need to no well I'm gonna grow yeah well I'm gonna shrink and go into your asshole and explode you hey exactly you know like we could fucking go five ways from Sunday you could have the OGs versus the new school Ant-Man versus the Wasp you know because who knows how fucked up the quantum realm messed with Janet Van Dyne which you know let's start getting getting down that rabbit hole is the entire purpose of this film from the first monologue at the beginning of the movie to the last uh, third of the film the last couple minutes of the movie is all centered around bringing uh, Janet Van Dyne back from the quantum realm after Scott went there and came back in the first Ant-Man movie then all of a sudden, next thing you have is is this hunt, this 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 race against time, to uh, the race against time, the race against the villains, and the race against uh, the authorities, the FBI, in order to get Janet Van Dyne out of the quantum realm. Was she mentioned in the first and, one a lot. I don't remember. Uh, she she was mentioned in the fact that the beginning of the movie, when you know, because it's it's set up that Hank purposely gets word to Scott to steal the suit so that he can, you know, quote, stop um, Yellow Jacket from taking over Pym Tack and all that other shit. But Hope's character, haha, Hope, uh, Hope's um, dislike of him basically boils down to my mother died and you disappeared. And it's that scene in the in the living room when he finally tells her she was my partner when I was out being this, this micro superhero, and then I couldn't phase through the molecules to stop the missile, she did, and she died. Right. Or so you thought. She went, you know, he acknowledged that she would phase out into the quantum realm and be gone forever. And then at the end of Ant-Man, essentially, that's exactly what Scott does to stop Yellow Jacket. And then he's able to, with one of the growth disks, uh, put it in his regulator and come back. 
And that's what is the catalyst is if he can come back, that means Janet might be alive for 30 fucking years in the quantum realm. And then you, you know, you get to this epic scene at the end of the movie and people who've seen the trailer see where Scott is super big. Well, the entire thing basically boils down to, as we as we know, Hank makes everything shrink and grow like the keychain tank uh, in Ant-Man was just a sign of things to come. Right. His lab is micro. His um, his house shrinks. He's got a, a Hot Wheels carrying case of of action cars that are actually real cars that he just carries around with him. And it's kind of a cute thing to see Hot Wheels car case. And you've got like uh, a fully functioning van. Concept, and... Like, like, here, I need shit. Here we go. <laughs> Take one of the things. Or like, oh, I mean, who would have thought? Like, hey, what do we? Let's write the movie. What could we have him chase? I don't know. What if we just have him chase a building? How do you chase a building? Well, we can shrink the motherfucker and make it a a roll-on suitcase. A a roll-on suitcase that literally has billions of dollars worth of tech, and and it seems to be like the fodder where you know Ava, you know, goes. Her goal is to get the tech so that she can stop phasing. Um, another villain in the movie, random tech, tech villain number fucking eight, um, you know, who, who I, I cannot remember the character's name, but he was, you know, the bad, one of the bad cops on the shield. Um, he's trying to get it cause he wants to sell the stuff and make billions of dollars like any tech, you know, guru. Cause he believes that quantum energy is, is the next gold rush. And then you have the federal authorities who are like, they want to apprehend them because they technically are still, uh, you know, Hank and Hope are on the run because of the Sokovia Accords and the incident that happened in Germany. And meanwhile, everyone believes that Scott Lang is on house arrest still. And they have this this fucking giant ant wearing his ankle bracelet who has watched him do all of his stuff and is just mimicking his daily routine so that the ankle appears to be there. And you have all of this going on, and it's a heist, it's a, a, an escape convict story, it's a family story, all rolled into one. And, you know, I, I felt that they did a fucking excellent job of bringing this weird little concept. Like you said, who chases a fucking building? Right. Like, that's the premise of this movie, is chasing a fucking building. Yep. Uh, so, you know, going forward... You know, Jan gets out of the quantum realm. She's got these superpowers, like you know, we had mentioned, where now she can harness the powers of the quantum realm. And she eventually helps Ava. And Scott gets off of house arrest um, because by you know by the last second of the movie, when everyone sees this eighty-five foot Scott Ant Man save the day, and you know they do all this crazy shit and they're doing all this diversion. You know, where do you see the series going from here? You know, Scott going into Avengers 4, and then where do you want to see Ant-Man and the Wasp next? Uh, I mean, I was never, I don't really know much about the, especially Scott Lang character of it, but um, I would be okay if they were just like a a dominant part of the new Avengers team, because you know that's coming soon. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that I like about this series is, is although the stakes are high, 
the the comedy in this it's it, it's one of these films where all of the movies are quibs you know you have your your jokes your barbs here and there this is really a comedy series wrapped up with superhero stuff you know like every character kind of has their niche um and every movie seems to have its beats to another another uh, franchise outside of comics this one seems to be the comedy like this is the this is the levity in what especially following infinity war spoilers half the universe dies um really we need it as fans like i felt good leaving this film even though you know we lose hank hope and janet to the snap we still are left happy from this film like when i watched it i'm like all right cool cool what that was good like everyone's back and then the credits rolled and i'm like oh yeah i forgot (laughs) <laughs> and it's such a heartbreaking thing like uh you know we we talked about uh recently at a world of hurt show the scott hall in whitehall show uh about where do we go from here as marvel fans because we know we know what's coming and what's coming is captain marvel and avengers 4 but you know they and now thanks to tom holland you know showing on instagram the next spider-man movie is starting pre-production and all that other stuff you know, way to way to show that Spider-Man isn't dead, kid. Um, they've already announced Black Panther two, um, but we don't know uh, very much after that. We're assuming another Doctor Strange movie. Uh, I feel that Thor Ragnarok, although although we know that Chris Evans is done as Captain America, you know, you can always have Bucky or um, Sam take over uh, as Cap. It's been done in the comics. We don't know where Iron Man is going to be after this. Uh, I'd like to see Thor continue because, like I said, Ragnarok was just such a great movie. Keep going with it. And we know we're getting another Guardians movie, but after the events of Infinity War where only Rocket and Nebula are left over, what what incarnation of the Guardians are we going to see following Avengers 4? What would you like to see, man? Like, you know, throw it at us. Like, give us what you think they should do next like how would you book it oh and let's add into this 71 billion dollars was just handed to disney or from disney to 20th century fox to purchase the x-men and deadpool and fantastic four and that deal is solidified as of july 1st 2019 so we have one year to go to kind of set everything up to bring this universe these universes together so what do you think well, I, I think for the Guardians, I think I, they're probably going to bring everybody back. I'm pretty sure Zoe posted that like she's filming or that she's good or something. Which I don't think they're going to have a Guardians, especially with no Chris Pratt, since he's like one of the big things that people want to see. But they also teased the original Guardians team, which I think might take play in the next Guardians movie. Um, you know, it's Stallone and whoever else was in that team. My- I'm being Rams, I think. Yeah. Yep. As long as he's wearing his wristband. <laughs> but Jesus, I feel, I mean, I already read that they're definitely bringing the X-Men and Deadpool to uh, Marvel, to the MCU. So the next thing that I assume they were going to do, if they want to keep playing with the Guardians, would be... Uh, 
add the Shi'ar Empire, whatever it was called, with Cyclops' father. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a whole another shit of characters with they could do the whole Emcron Crystal or whatever it was called. And then even though they're doing the Dark Phoenix comes out in what, January, May, something like that shit? Uh I think uh unless it was a fan made poster, February fourteenth, so Valentine's Day weekend. Uh there because Sophie um uh the the actress who plays uh, Jean Grey has said that this this could be this next year's Black Panther weekend. You know what I mean? Like, because this is a a strong female character. Right. Yeah. They said like I read a thing the other day that she this is her first lead role. Like it's about her. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I mean that movie's already done filming. They just pushed it back. Yes. Which kind of bummed me. I was like, all right, we get some X Men in the thing, but. As long as it's good, my whole thing I would want to see like the dude who plays Daredevil just said he wants to have Daredevil and Spider-Man team up. John Bernthal has also commented because when Tom Holland and he filmed their test footage based on the introduction of the Punisher uh, banter back and forth from Amazing Spider-Man. And that's how both of them got their jobs respectively. He said that he wants to see the MCU characters cross over into the Netflix universe. And really there kind of was that, uh, at least I don't know if, if you picked up on it uh, with Killmonger, where they were talking about how Killmonger was part of a death squad used by the, the CIA uh, in certain countries. Uh, was that the same kill squad that Punisher was attached to uh, in the Netflix series? I mean, probably the Netflix, everyone, in the Netflix series, that's attached too because I mean, was it the whole thing in Daredevil? They were talking about the incident, and then it was like, yep. "Yo, they have people who can do that." I'm more of a dude who needs to stay on the streets because you know I might trip or something. Yeah, it's like yo, when you've got Thor's hammer and and Stark technology, it's like yo, they've they've talked about it openly. Um, so I, I I too would like to see that. Um, one of the things that is curious with me is with the fact that, you know, you've got May, May 3rd of next year is when Avengers 4 comes out. I don't know if they're calling it Endgame or if that's just nerds on the Internet talking. Um, I think it's just... They don't. Yeah, yeah I just I, I I'm not sure how they're working that gimmick. But the one thing that I like is, is you you could release this X-Men movie. And have this be, okay, this is it. Thank you. It's been a great run at Fox. And then go dark with them. And because of the time traveling aspect, and because you're breaking, you know, verses, you could have them save the day from Thanos and show back up to Earth. And it's an altered Earth where mutants are here. And, you know, we have the Quinjet, but we also have, you know, the X-Men's, uh, jet like zoom by them and they could be like what the fuck was that and then you could have the X-Men be like what the fuck was that, that would be a, like not exactly it would be a cool thing if they had a, a introduction type thing like say Avengers or whoever's with the Quinjet they stop and they're flying they're like hey let's get back to the jet and then it's somebody that they let's just say they had to rescue somebody out of somewhere who hasn't been around so they run and they're old school all superheroes are running to the fucking 
escape pod or the jet. And then they just say, uh, new plane. And then they all just stop. That ain't ours. And then it fucking opens up and X-Men walk down to the fucking thing. And you just see Cyclops' eyes light up. And like, oh, shit. Yeah, and, you know, I know a lot of people are worried about Deadpool's placement in this universe. And I think with the ex- uh, with the success that Deadpool 2 had this year, which it was, uh, this was the year of Josh Brolin, man. Like, we can't take anything away from him. It's kind of going to suck seeing his story end next year, but it's a good thing because with him being in the Deadpool universe and how they built Cable up, where he's not going away. He's still going to be in the MCU to, to some right, he fashion. He still has four movies uh, Deadpool left or whatever it was. Exactly. And who knows about a Cable standalone or any X-Men crossovers. But, you know, and this is, you know, Franz and you and I were talking about this at one point, not necessarily at the last show, but, but over time. Uh, the Fantastic Four, it seems, has never been given its opportunity like 20th century fox like don't get me wrong the first one when i went and saw it uh you know i liked it i liked michael chiklis's thing you know you fell for him uh it was heartbreaking i did like uh their representation of dr doom because it wasn't just a mad ruler of latveria he was you know he lost billions of dollars due to a failed experiment by reed richards i want to see what what Kevin Feige can do with incorporating this guy into the universe. And not just that, but I mean, there are other trickle effects we'll have where Quicksilver, we, we have an awesome Quicksilver in the X-Men, but we have a dead Quicksilver in the Marvel universe or a Marvel MCU. How are they going to fix that? You know, these are all cool things that we can play with that are linked to this, this time stream that Scott Lang is kind of trapped near at the end of this movie. I mean, they could do, um, be well, you could be like, hey, like, my brother was you in a different, in our universe, and then, like, Wanda's all trying to do that as a little comedic thing. Like, hey, bro, let's go, like, to the park or something. He's like, oh, I'm a real sister, man. Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing is that, you know, it, these are all things that I'm sure the, the team at, at Marvel studios has already been playing around with. Like, how can we bring this together? Uh, you know, cause you know, we mentioned the, the Netflix series. Uh, one of the things that kind of gets me is it's like, you know, we've got Daredevil season three, Punisher season two. We just had Luke Cage season two drop, which had a phenomenal appearance by Iron Fist. Like we finally have Iron Fist the way he should be presented I, in I, the movie. Well, you know, I didn't the... even finish Luke Cage the first season. Oh, a little boring. I'm like, oh, can you get, put a suit on and power man it up? Well, see, that's the that's the funny part is, is it's like, you know, he's got his Carhartt black and yellow hoodie. And, you know, it's 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 almost they're getting to the point where they're going to get to heroes for hire. I do not believe that uh, Iron Fist needs a season two. It, Iron Fist season two should be heroes for hire. Just flat out, like in my opinion, especially considering that by the time we get to uh, Iron Fist in it, he's mind you, he's only like a one episode cameo. He is that centered Zen character 
that we were hoping we would get by the end of season one of Iron Fist, but instead we ended up getting it at the end of Defenders. But by the tenth you know, episode of Defenders, you're just kind of like, man, fuck! Like he's just he's still just a whiny bitch. I didn't and, watch that. You know, it it was okay. And I hate to say that because really, Defenders should have been the Avengers of Netflix. Like that was supposed to be the big thing. Is it, is um, Cage canceled. No, Luke Cage is not canceled. Uh, like Netflix is really doubling down with much like they did with Jessica Jones, where it was all female writers and all female directors. Then, you know, with the success of Black Panther, I think they're going with the same kind of gig where they want, um, you know, the best African-American writers and directors to come, you know, and, and make this, you know, I hate to say, you know, the Black Lives Matter superhero movement. But they did the same thing with the Me Too movement with uh, what happened with Jessica Jones, because everything that happened in season one of Jessica Jones, you know, it had that sexual assault, you know, storyline with Kilgrave. And they kind of played that in her season as well with with Punisher. It was all about the the right wing extremist post-traumatic stress aspects, which apparently is what they're going to be playing in with this because they the cast members that they have, uh, one of them is a, a veterans counselor and uh, they've introduced a couple more, uh, you know, veteran ass uh, characters in conjunction with what they already laid down with season one. Um, but it would be cool to see those show up. I have so much to catch up on. It is. It's it's very difficult. And like, it's funny because, you know, you and I are like, I, I see you on Thursday night of most of these premiere nights, like going and seeing these movies. And it's funny because you're trying to catch up on all these movies. Uh, they're releasing them on Netflix. You've got Doctor Strange, Ragnarok, um, Guardians Volume 2. I'm waiting for Homecoming and I'm waiting for Black Panther to show up so I can fucking binge watch all of Phase 3 before... Um, Avengers comes out on, on Blu-ray but it's it's a lot to intake and it's a lot to, to follow as a fan but if you follow it and you're able to make sense of it I, how did you feel because you know before we wrap this up you know we're going to talk about uh, Avengers Infinity War real quick you already knew Captain Marvel was coming out this upcoming year like did you feel that the Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury death and calling Captain Marvel like were you you couldn't have been the only person in the theater that was like if that would have been an X instead of Captain Marvel symbol on that transmitter, I would have felt so much better. No, it would have been like just the X logo would have been like, oh because I have most people in that shit were like, What? Who? Yep. What is who uses the pager? Because <laughs> everyone's just a casual fan that goes, they don't know like, oh shit, like that's Captain Marvel's logo or this and this and that. And it's funny because uh, Lee Malone uh, got a hold of me after he went and saw Avengers and his exact words were, what the fuck was that stupid shit? You need to explain it to me right now. And I thought he was pissed off over the, the finger snap. He was pissed off over the end credit scene. And a lot of people who aren't hardcore nerds, let's be honest, who aren't hardcore nerds in the know, uh, you know like you said, your casual fan don't know who the fuck Captain Marvel is. And essentially we're going to be sold 
as moviegoers as of March that this is supposed to be the most powerful character in this Marvel universe. Because we know that's bullshit because Phoenix is is more powerful than her, I believe. Um, Could be wrong on that one. It could just be me drinking the Kool-Aid of the Saturday morning cartoons. But, you know, we're for being the most powerful character that's supposed to help fix all this bullshit. uh, No one in the crowd popped for it. No one was like, oh, like it was kind of like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, because no one knows. I mean, I was more excited to yell, damn it, Patrice, when the car fucking hit with nobody in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I fucking, I, I, I will say, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was definitely worth my money and going and saying it was worth the 11 bucks. Um, if, if you could see it in BTX or, or 3D, I'm sure it's, it's even cooler because you could tell with the visuals. Uh, it definitely was there. Um, you know, uh, we're, we'll wrap this up. Fox, thanks you for, for, for giving me almost an hour of your time to talk about, uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp as well as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Dude, it's, it's honestly been a pleasure and I can't wait to run into you, uh, coming up, you know, at Dynasty and, and World of Her and whatever other shows we end up crossing over on. Yeah. I'm, uh, gave me time to sweep my floor and. Well, I, I won't lie. I'm sitting out here in a park right now. You know, that's the good part about anchor.fm. Uh, you know, you can, you can podcast on the go. I'm waiting to go pick up my kid from school to go, go play, you know, super dad and shit. Uh, once again, tell everyone where we can find you coming up at, at various shows and where we can find you on social media. And, uh, dude, I, once again, happy birthday and a thousand thank yous for being my first guest on uh, films of fury. Yay, it's me. Find me on the media of the social at Fox Minier, at Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Just type it in. Uh, Snapchat, if you're one of those. Vineyard Fox, that's there. I'll be in Rhode Island for Nova in West West Warwick Friday. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow, Friday. Friday the 13th. Do, 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 do. That's not that right theme. And then. Uh- Saturday, Brookshire Mall for Truly Independent Wrestling slash Troy, New York for Northeast Wrestling as I team with Oh, saw Jim Duggan, the only person my father knows who is. And uh, yeah, everything else is just a few weeks out. So hit me up. I'll tell you it's a secret till then. And once again, this is Films of Fury. You can find me uh, at the Sergeant Fury on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow Films of Fury on Facebook, as well as download and uh, listen to Films of Fury with Sergeant Fury on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you can get your classy uh podcast as well as anchor.fm and if you would like to be a guest on films of fury and we've got several good one line good ones lined up including walter ball the mighty franz roddy and uh, a couple of other surprises coming up in store with uh you know everything films and and comic books and whatever the fuck we decide we're going to talk about um once again this is sergeant fury along with fox finier my first guest fuck yeah and uh Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Like, share, retweet, repeat, whatever you want to do. Subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, Stay furious, ladies and gentlemen. Fox Vineyard and Sergeant Fury, out. Peace. I don't want to go.
<laughs> oh, you dick. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>